Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of interviewing guests alongside David Bray. We're going to be bringing you some of the biggest and brightest and most important people uh, in the sport of wrestling, chatting with them, getting their thoughts and feelings on different things. Um, We had a few technical issues yesterday. We have some master troubleshooters behind us in the studio who are much smarter than I am when it comes to these kind of things. So we've made some adjustments, and hopefully everything is going to be good today. And sad to say, this is probably going to be our last day here in the studio doing this show. We're going to um, be washing our hands in this studio pretty soon. Yeah. So uh, the city of Austin is probably going to go on, a, as the rest of the country, a, a lockdown here. Mandatory work from home. So yep. Um, we're going to be doing this from our houses. We're not. The show must go on, and yeah. it will. Yeah. Um, we'll just be like the rest of the world, uh, pretty much already is teleconferencing and doing this over the internet, which it's all done on the internet. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. Man, the biggest news, other than city of Austin probably going being shut down, is uh, officially the Olympics postponed by a year. Wow, that's big news. Really big news. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's crazy. We kind of all saw it coming, right? It was kind of the same way as we saw the NCAAs. You had um, this and that. It might happen. A, co- a couple conferences pull out, then a couple countries pull out of the Olympics, and it's just like one thing after another. I think whether or not we wanted to believe it, I think everybody kind of saw this coming. Yeah. But now that it's official, it leaves all these unanswered questions, and that's why we've got great people to come on and talk with us about this stuff. We'd love to get all these great opinions. Yeah. So let's get right to it. Our first um, guest is Greco-Roman wrestler Joe Rao. Just qualified the weight for the Olympics. Um, joining us from Chicago, Joe, how's everything going in your life? It's going good, man. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of disappointing to see the Olympics get delayed, but, I mean, at least they're not canceled. You know, as long as they're still happening, uh, you know, I'm I'm still uh, in position to, to go to them, you know, so... Uh, you know, we got some figuring out to do, but yeah, good. Other than that, man. 
Um, did you kind of see this coming over over the last few days or a couple of weeks? Like, or were you still like, maybe they'll do it, maybe they do it, or was it like, were you? Did you already kind of figure it was going to get canceled or postponed? Yeah, like I, I was, I was pretty sure. Like, I already was ready in my mind for them to be postponed. Um, I didn't see it how they could uh you know have them go on as as the they were scheduled so i knew they were going to be postponed for the most part and so now it's just kind of answering all those other questions like when is trials going to be um and uh you know where am i going to be what am i going to be doing at that time you know until until then because we we're getting ready to to wrestle you know in in two weeks so now everything kind of changed for me um but uh, I'm still going to be wrestling, so I'm going to wrestle through it. So, And how has your – I mean, obviously everybody's life's changed because we're kind of on hold. Um, but, like, as far as your training, how long did – you, did you work out today? Did you work out yesterday? Were you, were you kind of in, in, a, in the last week or so? I think you said you were running in the woods and doing kind of like yeah. a rocky type of stuff. But when did that slow down or come to a halt or was it – I don't know. How, what was that progression like? Yeah, I mean, so for me, I just got off wrestling Pan Am Championships and Pan Am uh, Olympic qualifiers. So I had two tournaments in a row. So I kind of took a week off where I like lifted a little bit, and you know, I was like off the mats anyways, um, and because uh, that was just the plan. Uh, and then you know, found out yeah, we're gonna be locked down. So <laughs> I, yeah, I've just been getting creative, man. I've just been working out around around here, and uh, for me, you know, I was. I knew trials was going to be delayed, and then I was like, okay, well, uh, there's no reason to be unsafe and, like, try and find wrestling mats right now, you know, and, and USC Wrestling talked to us about that, too. It's like, you know, first and foremost, be safe. Um, I know, like, the wrestlers in us, it's always just like, we're going to find a way. We're going to find a mat. We're going to lay it down. We'll find a partner, and, and that's just the way we are, but with this virus, man, you got to take it serious. I mean, if, if the country's taking it serious, we should. And it's hard because the wrestler inside of you is just kind of always like, I'll be fine. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do this. And, uh, you know, it kind of had to really be like, no, let's let's take this serious. And um, if I really want to go to the Olympics, it's probably my best interest not to get infected. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, so it's It's been interesting, man. And uh, but, yeah, just just figuring out a way to make it work. I've, wrestlers around the country are doing that right now. You know, I was pummeling in the forest uh with my girlfriend because i don't want to bring in any other partner you know into wrestling with me because i like i'm exposed to like three people right now and i'm just gonna keep it that way so i'm like all right you're gonna have to learn how to pummel (laughs) what uh how uh, how is she a pummeling like was it was was, i had she ever pummeled does i don't know uh, you got i'm intrigued She's messed around a little bit with me. She's actually pretty good. She she she's got to get her feet underneath her a little bit more and push, but she's she's pretty good at pummeling. She's done some Muay Thai and stuff, so okay. She's she's done some like combat sports, so she's not a one hundred percent you know unfamiliar with stuff like this. But yeah, she's learning. She's learning. That we said. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's go back to the, you know, gosh, you know, back back at the World Championships, right? I remember a- after you, you, you lost out of the tournament, you were pretty, you know, you took it pretty hard and you were pretty um, upset about, you know, I think the thing was not being able to wrestle in the Olympics and you were maybe worried it wouldn't get qualified or upset that it wasn't yet. Like, 
whew, how did it feel coming out of that panic? Was it a relief? Was it like pure joy? Was it like, I don't know, uh, the exact opposite emotions you were feeling in, in uh, Kazakhstan? Yeah, man, it was, it was the exact opposite. And, you know, like you can tell in that interview, you're talking about that, how much it's kind of been weighing on my soul, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're the number one guy in the country, like, at least for me, it's like I, I took that very, you know, seriously. I took that to heart. Like, it's my responsibility to get the weight qualified for the U.S. And I felt like I, I let my country down, you know, in 2016. And I know that we can't control how, you know, outcomes. But, you know, that, that's kind of how I felt about it that year. And um, being so close, being a spot away, it, it really hurt me, you know. And then personally, I, of course, I've, I've been wanting to go to the Olympics my whole life. So, man, to get it qualified – Huge relief. It, it was almost surreal and weirdly calming, uh, you know, more than uh, I, I've ever heard anybody explain, you know, when they when they finally get a monkey off the back. I was kind of just very calm with it. And uh, I kind of done a lot of like uh, visualization and sports psych. And it's kind of almost a, I, I wrote it to be so in my heart a long time ago like i'm this is my mission. Like it, even if I don't go to the games, I'm qualifying this damn weight. And so, yeah, man, it was, it was completely euphoric, but also just strangely calming and, and relieving, you know, like, so uh, is the best way to explain it. Okay, yeah, that, that's, a, that's an interesting explanation of how you felt once you got it qualified. Um, how about leading up to qualifying it, you know, at the tournament, knowing that, hey, this is my, this is my big opportunity, was there anxiety or fears or a good nervous energy or just excitement? How did you feel? um before you had qualified but once you're out there trying to trying to make it happen yeah man so for us greco guys we all wrestled in pan am championships and the olympic qualifier and of course you got you all kind all kinds of things racing through your mind like is it smart to wrestle both tournaments and this and that yeah. and like and i had a really good first tournament and uh the venezuelan i beat he he had beat me pretty bad at the pan am games and he was kind of the favorite to win and i beat him first match and I completely flipped the script. Like, I teched him. He teched me the last time we wrestled. And then so I was like, man, hope I didn't, like, blow the good tournament on the first <laughs> one. But then, you know, kind of just talking yourself through that. And um, there was a lot of anxiety and stuff around it. And um, mentally, like, going into the tournament, like, even before the first one, I was just like, I have this feeling. Like, I have this overall feeling, like, it's going to go extremely well or extremely bad. Like, I just had this feeling. Like, I like it was, like, a very uneasiness. Like, even the night before, I was, like, it's really uncomfortable. And, like, this is going to be extremely good or extremely bad. And, like, I was just going through a mental kind of, you know, mental uh, thing the whole time and just kind of fighting and just kind of saying, like, these are bad thoughts. They, they you know, like, I, I can label them as bad thoughts and they don't have to be true. And, you know, and kind of just – pushing in good thoughts, you know, and uh, I I read a lot of sports psych and I, I always come back to this one called The Pursuit of Excellence. And uh, one of the things I read recently before the tournament was, uh, you know, I'm not focusing on outcomes and, uh, you know, is to say that you're like here to experience it and um, and to focus on the actual sport. Like I'm like focusing on the actual wrestling and i'm here to experience it and i like kind of had to keep repeating that like a mantra over and over again like i'm focused on the wrestling and of course we're all focused on the wrestling um every wrestler is but you really do like when you're telling yourself that uh, whenever anything bad happens like i was down by four points 
um, against Venezuela when it came to Olympic qualifiers. And I was like, oh, crap. I, I did, you know, like I did bowl the good match. And now I'm like losing to a really good guy. And like, how am I going to do that? And then I just kind of like, hey, focus on the wrestling. So instead of being like, crap, I'm down and this and that. And he's, you know, how am I going to score? It's just like, focus on the wrestling. Like, all right, I got to get his wrist. Now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to go for that. I'm still coming. Like, I'm going to find a way to score. I'm going to get my gut wrench. And, and um, sometimes when bad things happen in matches, you can have these mental lapses where you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Uh, sorry for, yeah. but, um, like, you're like, crap, I'm down. Or this didn't go my way. And then it kind of in your head, it can ball up. And then just kind of, like, alleviate those feelings. And just, like, throughout the matches, like, I'm focusing on the actual wrestling. Because you think about it, when you're in a practice room and you know you got, like, an hour and a half to wrestle your opponent, you're not, like, every time you get scored on or something bad happens, you're not, like, you're not freaking out like you are in a six-minute match. You know, because yeah. there's this tiny frame. But then because of that anxiety and knowing that you have that six minutes to get it done, like, you, when some one bad thing happens or two bad things happen, you kind of stop focusing on the actual wrestling. So I kind of kept bringing my mind back to that. But, yeah, it it was uh, there was a lot of anxiety, uh, but then uh, confidence kicked in, and I let my training take over when the days uh, of wrestling came. You know. Yeah, I think that's uh, um, all that stuff you said about the mental side is really interesting. When did you like start to study sports psychology and and get into some of the things you were just describing? Um, so I got into it big time when I got to college. Uh, Steve Marinetti was my uh, college coach, and I don't know if you, you remember him beating uh, Lincoln McElravey in 95, but his, that was a huge uh, uh, thing to do with his career was sports psych, you know, and uh, he he passed on some books to me, and, you know, every summer it was kind of like, a, you know, doing book reports on those, <laughs> um, you know, coming into his office and talking about yeah, it. And, cool. uh, and uh, I actually had a sports psych uh, um uh, work with me every now and then at my college and then we've had some people come and talk with us through USA Wrestling um, and it, it's been real good um, but I think like I, I think you're familiar with my story I went from like being kind of a pretty good wrestler not really getting any like major wins in and then when I was 18 I, I won nationals and uh, Fargo out of nowhere and I was just this fat little roly poly kid you know and I, I rolled in 55 pounds heavier but like I approached the tournament mentally like without even knowing it like I was doing a lot of these things that I read in the sports psych books but um it was because of where my life was at I approached the tournament completely different than I ever had approached the tournament and I won and then and then kind of applying that to every tournament from that point and having a lot of success with it and then reading about this stuff uh it's just like wow this you know, it's not physical for me. Like, you know, it's mental whether I win or lose. You know, it really is. Man, that's crazy. Joe, um, you know, you mentioned kind of how you dealt with the anxiety. How – was there any added anxiety going into Pan Am Olympic trials qualifier? Because the event could have easily not happened, right? I mean, this was right when everything was getting canceled. Um, did that enter your mind and did that make it harder to kind of prepare for that anxiety? Yeah, man. Uh, so we had a we had a meeting with uh, USA Wrestling guys, you know, and uh, the whole the whole team basically, and just kind of like, kind of telling us like, you know, don't don't freak out, like whatever, you know. And then of course, when someone says like, don't panic, you're like, what the hell is going on, you know? But uh, time to panic. <laughs> I naturally kind of shut off the whole world 
when when like I get close to a tournament usually. So I was staying off kind of most of the social media and the news for the sake of my tournament. But then we had a meeting and talking about Corona and, you know, the, the tournament might have canceled. And this is like 8 p.m. The, the night before the tournament, you know. So it, it entered my mind. But, like, um, I – like, for whatever reason, like, I had a lot, a lot of anxiety, like, leading up to a tournament. But then that day, that day of it and hopefully the night before sometimes, I'm kind of like – I've trained myself to like, all right, click in the gear and I'm focusing on only what I can control. And that's kind of, luckily that's what happened. When I have a good tournament, that's what happens. Like, I'm like, it doesn't matter if like half the world's on fire. I won't even know about it because I'm, I got this guy in front of me and I got to wrestle, you know, like yeah. <laughs> that's what I try and do. Like I, I, I try and not look at it, but it, which made it crazier when the tournament was over. Like I turned my phone on and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? Like people are fighting <laughs> over toilet paper. <laughs> but, uh, not us but yeah i i kind of just was like hey man i can't control this so screw it i'm gonna just approach tomorrow like i'm wrestling and uh even when you're weighing in and stuff you're like i'm still wrestling right <laughs> i mean because i'm a little bit over right? if i don't have to make weight let me know you know yeah <laughs> but, uh, absolutely but uh yeah it was uh it was it was so strange man but for me uh and the way my career's gone the last four years, like I've had a lot of stuff out of my control with injuries and all kinds of crazy stuff. So I've kind of gotten used to just like letting go of what's going to happen and just be ready, um, you know, for when the time comes. You kind of mentioned uh, turning your phone off, you know, not paying attention to the world or anything outside a distraction. But like, there was no fans, right? Or very little. Was that? Did you notice that? Are you in such a zone that it doesn't matter, or was it like yeah, kind of apparent? Yeah, it was it was uh it was strange, you know, but I I like when the matches came, I noticed it more when I was watching my teammates, but when my matches came like you know, I'm I'm just in the zone. It doesn't it doesn't really uh affect me, but it was really strange when you're watching the tournament, you know, cuz yeah. you're like you're like uh it's kind of strange event where just like re- <laughs> there's no one here, you know. <laughs> It was a hollow, hollow shell of a tournament. It's, it was weird. But it, it was kind of cool, though, too. It was like, hey, man, this is, like, such an important tournament, and there's nobody here. It kind of made it uh, kind of feel like Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, one of the only, one of the only uh, events on the – I don't know about the planet, but yeah. definitely in yeah. North America. Or, yeah. Yeah. I pay attention to going on the other side of the world. Man, yeah. what, what was it like being part of – Team USA Greco. I mean, I think about there are a handful of days in the last few years where the team has either had kind of as a whole a really a really bad day or or a really good day. This was one of those really good days. Um, what was it like, kind of going through that with the team and and just you know seeing your teammates, you know, four out of the six qualified. Um, you know, what, what was that experience like? Man, it was an amazing day. You know, because yeah, USA Greco has had a lot of bad days in recent history and. Uh, you know, I think we got a lot of great wrestlers, though. And Greco is just hard, man. Especially being an American, Greco's hard. There's a huge learning curve. And, like, um, that's another thing that I don't think people are thinking about. Like, you know, these guys were wrestling. They wrestle completely different styles since they were a kid. Like, I wrestled folk style all the way through college. You know, and Greco was always just supplemental until after college. So it's like the – that just – I think it speaks volumes about, like, our athletes in the U.S. that we can find a way to win against guys who are like 
who are top-notch Greco guys since they were a kid. Like, we are guys that are switching over, you know, and uh, it doesn't even make sense to these foreigners, but it's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I believe I could beat you still. And I think, uh, like I said, the mental side comes through, but I, uh, I, it was an amazing day, man. And to see everybody else wrestle well, it makes it so much more special. Um, I would have loved to see, you know, Kuhn and Pat Smith qualify. Because both those guys are, you know, are amazing wrestlers. And uh, I, I hope that they, you know, get the opportunity at the last chance and get it done. But, uh, you know, so far we got, we went in with none and we came out with four qualifiers. That, that's huge for the country. And just like, I'm happy for, for all of them. And there was a lot of like, a lot of things that happened. Like Ellis Coleman didn't even get to wrestle. And so because of an issue injury and uh you know sancho stepped up and he still got the way qualified and that's like huge and that's uh mm. um you kind of feed off each other so like whenever you're in those tournaments where your team's wrestling good and it's not just you it's a uh, it it adds to like this this amazing feeling of you being in the zone you're like yeah everybody's wrestling good like we're all here to do this you know it's kind of a the unique feeling that like guys who are on certain teams that win all the time, they're probably locked into it all the time. Like yeah. I imagine uh, Mark Hall's addicted to that feeling, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know sure. I mean? but uh, whenever you get that feeling, it, it's amazing, you know? Uh, so it's almost it like, was pretty cool. Yeah. You said, you know, you had a feeling tomorrow's, you know, whenever the, the, the day you tomorrow's either going to be really good or really bad. And, you know, we've seen that with Team USA Greco. We've seen, you know, some really rough days, but this was like a positive, you know, a good, and it wasn't perfect, but it was yeah. a really good feeling, right? And that probably adds to that whole, um, what you just described. It wasn't just you. It was like yeah. Team USA had that great day finally. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, man, I was really happy to be a part of it. You know, uh, I know what, I know what I can do and I know a lot of these guys can do and, uh, kind of tired of talking about it so it's good to have days like this where like hey we actually eat stuff done like we qualified for you know our country for olympics so it feels good man uh i i know you don't have none of us have the answers but apparently the olympics are going to be in 2021 if they said joe rao when do you want him to be you get the pick what would you say i guess 2021 because no, what time of are. year i'm at <laughs> time of year Oh man! How about a little bit before summer? So then we have a nice summer break, like when we were kids in school. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. We do it like uh, yeah. April, we can go straight May. from NCAAs to the Olympics, and then we could have summer. You know, hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrate. Okay, I like yeah. it. Enjoy a little bit. Yeah, maybe maybe late spring, but uh, I'll go ahead and talk cool. to Tokyo about that. <laughs> yeah, see what you can do better. Did they not? Do you have Tokyo's number? No. No. <laughs> Are they on Twitter? So. Joe, you now have you know that that way that eighty seven is qualified for the Olympics. Um, the European qualifier didn't happen. The Asian qualifier didn't happen. The Africa Oceania qualifier didn't happen, and the last chance qualifier didn't happen. Do you feel like you have an advantage, kind of having that that knowledge that your weight is qualified? Does that does that give you any kind of uh, edge? Yeah, I think so. But I still need to win Olympic trials, so. Um, I'd feel a lot, a lot better if I knew that I was locked down. Um, but at the same time, huge relief on my side. Um, you know, especially being in the opposite situation last time trials rolled around, it's like, Hey, I got to win. I got to win trials. It doesn't mean I'm going to the Olympics, but I got to win trials just 
to get two more opportunities. And, and now it's the other way around. So there's, that's a huge relief, man. Um, if we were sitting here and I'm like, well, my, my thing got canceled and it's going to happen. Who knows when? Yeah. Uh, I think I think I'd be like, yeah, a little bit more uneasy right now um, because it's like, you know, how are we going to determine who goes and this and that? And it's like we don't have to worry about that. That like our qualified way just need to find a time to wrestle trials and I got to win that thing. So yeah, I feel a lot better than I would if I was in their situation. But um, yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. So uh, yes, it's a very, wait and see. Very weird stuff. Very weird time. Um, we're just about at the end of our time too, Joe. Appreciate you coming on. Any any parting words, message, jokes? You can be a joke guy, but you got a joke. <laughs> <laughs> all my jokes are too dirty for for these things <laughs> but uh no man uh it was a uh i'm uh happy to be on here man thanks for having me on and uh yeah hopefully we get some answers uh and we get back to wrestling amen Joe. yeah yeah stay home everybody yep we're staying i'm going home after this and staying home for until they tell me that i can go out so thanks so much for coming yeah. on joe we'll, we'll we'll talk to you soon yeah see you all right take care see you joe Joe Rao, man, um, it's a really good perspective. And, and the, the, all that about the mental side of the sport that he kind of got into, I really liked the, the sports psych. Yeah. And, man, just, like, seeing his 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 energy after having qualified the weight is so cool to see. He mentioned USA Greco's had some, had some bad days. And, man, some of those guys have had cameras in their faces right after some of the hardest possible – times in their in their careers and uh and so really cool to get to kind of talk to joe after a a really positive um really positive moment so amazing that he's qualified the weight and amazing that um usa greco has has four weights now qualified for the olympics which apparently are in 2021 and not in 2020 yep so um we're trying to get damian han on on the line here we'll be with him soon trying to get it clicked video and landscape maybe there we are sideways better than up and down so if you're calling in give us the sideways if you can damien got it fixed from his computer so we'll move right ahead our next guest head coach of south dakota state one of my favorite guys my friend damien Hahn. <laughs> how you doing buddy what's up friend not much huh? i'm i like everybody else i assume you're you're at home with the fam yep doing the thing how long you been at home locked down how long have you been We're there? in lockdown, dude. For this week? Uh, last week? I don't even know. How many days is how, how many days has it been? I feel like when uh when we got the word that NCAs were done, I feel like um it's been shut down since then, so it's been a while. I feel like. <laughs> Time is moving slowly. I think uh I think other people can agree agree to that. Um <laughs> So I kind of want to, you know, we've been talking a lot of coaches and, and college wrestlers and, and other wrestlers, but I've really been interested to hear the stories um, about the the day the music died, if you will. You know, that Thursday when they announced NCAs were canceled and I'm, you know, just as much or as little as you're willing to tell us about how you got that news, how you broke it to your team, what that kind of environment or atmosphere was like. Well, we, uh, I think it was right before the big 12s, um, you know, you started hearing things, uh, with, with 
kind of I want to call it the outbreak, right? But how things were kind of moving, and we we, we were with our staff. I was with my staff uh, right for Big Twelves, and just some of the things we were hearing. Um, we kind of I don't want to say jokingly because this isn't something we, we you can joke about, but we were like, man, NCAs could get canceled, and we were like. No, that ain't going to happen. And, and, you know, I mean, like, why would that happen, right? Uh And uh, as it kind of progressed and we get through the weekend um, and and we we get back and and all of a sudden it just started to snowball and we took a step back and we were like, guys, this is – this is this is going to happen um, you know trying to stay positive as best we could uh, not only for us for our, our, our alumni our fans but more importantly for our athletes right we were trying to stay as positive as we could and really giving them tidbits of information as it was coming through to us um, you know Justin Sell our, our AD here he's on a couple of the, the, uh, the committees at the NCAA and he's getting information and, and trying to uh, uh, pass that along and it got to a point where um, I believe it was Tuesday, Wednesday time frame, and I, I, I just asked him. I said, "Justin, this is this isn't happening, man, is it?" And he didn't give me a answer. He just gave me a look, and um, that's all I needed to hear. And, and it was, um, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate, right? It's sure. unfortunate that um, uh, it, it's come to this point, um, but. In, in 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 the greater good. I mean, we're doing this for a better purpose, right? I mean, this is this for world world humanity, health, and so uh, it was hard for our guys. Uh, remember, you're dealing with we're talking about grown men as coaches. I mean, they're upset, right? We're yeah. upset about you know the situation, but now you're talking a different level, and you're talking about 18 year olds to 22 year olds, and kids that have you know devoted everything to this goal and uh you know how it is Bader. when um you're you're competing you're selfish right you got to be all in yourself in in your mind and everything uh uh is very small so um when when we had to break the news to him i mean just sheer disappointment and i i I can understand sheer disappointment um but after talking and getting through some of the things it's like you know what this is the right thing and um they understand do they like it no nobody likes it but you got to understand and you know we were I, I got the word and we were at practice uh getting a workout in and i brought them all in and uh i said guys here's the deal um you know just got the final word from you know the ncaa what what's going to happen uh they're not going to Those that, you know, want to leave, you know, that need some time, I mean, you're free to do so. Those that want to stay, stay and finish up this practice. Um, and it was hard. You know, you got we, we had two seniors in our lineup. You know, Henry Polmeyer, who, I don't know, he was like the 10th seed, 11th seed, or 12th seed, and Zach Carlson, who was the 10th, 11th seed. And so, um, you know, Henry has been to the tournament before. Zach Carlson, first time made making it and uh just you know devastated and, and I, I feel for these kids you know i feel i feel for him i feel for henry um but i think down the road well they'll they'll, they'll come to understand that this was the right thing to do I, some kids like went back and finished a workout yeah some did some did uh you know the guys uh that you know that that didn't qualify that that, oh. that were you know trying to get uh trying to get another workout in um 
So yeah, it, 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 everybody everybody handles situations differently, right? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure you know with you and I mean, anybody. I mean, you you get some news that are sprung on you that uh, you know disappointing or exciting, and you know some people just kind of take a different route. You know, I mean, I, I know myself. Yeah, I would have been really upset off the start, probably really mad and wanted to get my hands on somebody but you know <laughs> not everybody uh not everybody is uh like that and uh you know they they they, they took it as best they could you know i mean how, how do you expect somebody to take heartbreaking news you know you, you don't know how they're going to react so you give them some options how did you react you know you have to you have to take the news and 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 ingest it um Meanwhile, you still have to like counsel, right, or whatever you want to call it, be there to help to talk with these kids. Was there was there like a an emotional balancing act? You know, it was uh, when we finally got the the word of what was going to happen. Um, it was just like someone sucked the life out of you, right? Uh, you look at uh, from from a program standpoint where we started, <clears throat> where we're going. And, you know, we had a decent, we had a decent run at, at this season and we did well at, you know, the big 12 tournament. And when you get this news and I mean, literally we, we were sending four guys to the national tournament, four guys that are going to put points on the board, four guys that could actually, you know, do something special for our program. And these guys are looking forward to it. And, and when you get that news, it's like deflating. It's just everything just got sucked right out of you. But, you know, being in the situation that, you know, me and my staff are, um, we kind of got to be the rock for these kids. And, and we got to be the ones to, you know, really sit down with them and, and express, you know, uh, the situation and, and really kind of hold everything together. So it, w it was tough. It was tough. I mean, even from my, my, my standpoint. Sure. Um, you know, I, I remember last year I saw you, it might have been Saturday uh, of NCAAs in the arena and we we're talking and you were, um, what's the word? Not super happy about the way things went, right? So first year you didn't have a ton of success, yeah. maybe, maybe frustrated or whatever the word was, but like a year later you made a ton of progress. How, how, how tough was it to do that to you know to just stay the course and like not get overwhelmed with negative emotions and just like yeah. get to the point where you you're seeing all the six you know a good amount of success in you know 365 days yeah um, um you, you know I, I think um you got to go back and <clears throat> you know it was it, it was it was a tough first year man mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it uh we won what, three duels qualified one guy to the national tournament we took 10th or 11th place at Big 12s. So uh, <clears throat> when I left Cornell, we had a system. We had a system in place. And, and, and I've told you this before. Nobody, nobody out there could tell me the system doesn't work. Look at what we did when we were at Cornell. So it was just a matter of buy-in, right? It was a matter of getting guys bought into what we're trying to do. Something different than, you know, what they're used to. And... Uh, it took some time. It took some time, and we got that. We created that system. We got that that, that culture of success going, and uh, these guys bought in. And guy, 
guys from 125 pounds to heavyweight, even guys that, you know, I've, I've only been with for two years. I mean, you look at the progress they've made. Every single person on our, our program has made, they have developed. And uh, so it works. And it, it, it was the hardest part was not for me, not for my staff, because they they were in. They were all in. The hardest part was for the guys, right? The guys staying the course. The guys saying, okay, this is going to work. This is how the process goes. And uh, that was the hardest part. And just trying to stay um, positive through all the ups and downs last year. And then coming into this year. And heck, man, we did not start off good. I mean, first duel year we lost to Binghamton and uh you know uh Binghamton was I think a top 25 you know I think they were 25th you know preseason ranked and um you know we end up uh guy gets hurt in the, in, in, the, in the duel dislocates his shoulder there's six points and then our heavyweight takes a shot and gets pancaked and we give up you know another six points and you know it was hard to come back but uh so it was just like keeping guys on track right keeping guys on track and 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 bought into what we're trying to do and and we did and then guys started coming together you know winning is contagious there's nothing i mean winning is uh is fun and these guys started doing that and uh it just fed upon itself and um you know we had a improved season from from year one to year two Sure. Coach, you mentioned the improved season. And I mean, looking back year over year, it's, it's really clear. I mean, you guys were 12 and six in duels this year. You had wins over, you know, Oklahoma, Northern Iowa, um, fourth in the big 12 from like 10th or 11th a year ago. Uh, so it's easy to see that year over year success and progress, but what are the things that you look for in your athletes, you know, week to week or day to day that, that kind of showed you that those guys were on the right track and kind of ready to have that kind of success? Uh, just their mood, their mentality, right? I think, um, you know, a year ago when, uh, you know, we, we struggled, um, the, the, the enthusiasm, you know, is hard. It's hard. It's hard to get up for, uh, uh, for a duel or, or, uh, a tournament if uh you know you're taking losses and losses that, that, that that's hard it's hard to stay positive um we had uh <clears throat> out of the 12 guys or i'm sorry the big 12 out of the 10 the 10 guys that we sent to the big 12 last year um this year only seven of them were the same uh seven new guys wow. so we only had three guys that wrestled in the big 12 tournament last year that wrestled in the big 12 tournament this year um, you know, some graduated, uh, some redshirted, but we, uh, the, the, the enthusiasm, the mindset, the emotions were completely different. And we saw that on the guys, you know, on a day to day basis. And when we came into the room and, and we went through our training plans and, and doing our individual workouts and, uh, you just saw a different level of excitement and, um, you know, that was the big, the big difference. And, and, you know, you, you, we had some young guys, right? We, out of the 10 weights, we had five freshmen in our lineup. And so you had young guys, some guys that had, you had some, you know, fire and, and, and full of, full of, uh, you know, that go get them kind of mentality. And, and, and that was fun. Um, these were a group of kids that literally whatever you throw at them, all right, let's go. You know, they love the challenge. They love to be tested. Uh, and so, you know, that enthusiasm was a huge, huge difference. How do you, how do you get guys to 
to be enthusiastic, to have that enthusiasm. That's something that you can do as a coaching staff. Is it something that one or two key athletes have to kind of foster or how does that happen? Well, you know, we, we did something a little bit different this year. Um, this year we, we had our team and uh, we had our team pick our captains. Um, and you know, they picked two guys, they picked, uh, two of the Carlson boys, uh, Zach and, and, and Colton and two guys that are absolute workhorses. They, uh, they lead by example. I mean, these two kids. I mean, they did everything and anything. Um, not, not, not the most vocal, the most vocal kids, but um, you know, you could never question um, their effort. And, and you know, the thing that we preach to our guys that maximum effort, right? And so um, that 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 part was being taken care of and then on the other side you have individuals that uh have a little bit more voice uh that that that, uh you know you know do speak up a little bit and they're younger and they kind of got to prove themselves but they have that voice still and uh and then you have our staff right everything i mean these kids are somewhat of a direct reflection of us and and you know in our staff so um coming from that standpoint we need to be the the um, the vocal leaders and and really keep trying to drive our message and our vision of where we're trying to go and so i think uh you know with camp simon's cody caldwell chris dardanes i mean we were able to do that with these guys and uh really really resonate with them because you know everybody has a little bit of a different um I don't want to say mindset, but everybody has a little bit of a different uh, um, approach, right? A little pr- approach, and and let me tell you, you know what 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 Chris Dardanes did with Henry Pohlmeyer this year. I mean, amazing, absolutely amazing, and and kind of took him under his wing, and that was you know Henry gravitated towards Chris, and and you have you know these other guys with Tanner and Zach, and they all have their, their they kind of gravitate towards uh, you know, certain individuals, and so. Um, it was it was it was a, a a nice it was nice to see this year, um, but ultimately you know that 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 vocal that 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 kind of enthusiasm um, came from you know select individuals and then it fed upon itself and it created it created what we did. Cool. You, you kind of described how you know. <clears throat> Dardanes will take, you know, an assistant coach will take somebody under his wing. And I saw that with you, right, with Gabe Dean, with, with Camp Simaz back at Cornell. Is it tougher now as a head coach for you to, you know, get your hands and, and spend a lot of time with one guy because you're doing so many things? I was uh, I was saying this the other day. Um, uh, you know, you go from assistant coach or associate head coach to, you know, a head coach. Um, and, you know, it, it, I I say it's like having kids, right? You know, you're you're never fully prepared. You try to prepare, you try to do everything you can, but you never prepare until you actually go through it. Yeah. And um, you know, I thought I thought I was prepared, and 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 and, and Rob, Rob, uh, you know, I, I love the man. Uh, you know, he's helped me so much, and and he prepared me, you know, for this, you know, for this transition, and and, and you know, the head job. Um, but there are things that, you know, there's not enough time in the day. And uh, going from an assistant coach to a head coach, the one thing that I truly miss most was that constant interaction with my athletes. You know, you talk about, you know, when I was an assistant and Gabe Dean and, and, and Steve Bozak and Camp Simez and, and Max Dean and Darmstead and all those guys, um, it was uh, – that was my role. That was my, that, that, that's what I did. And, uh, 
now I still try, I still try and do those things. But when you're getting pulled in every single direction, you know, all day long, it's hard, man. It, it really is. And so that's why I rely heavily on the, my, our staff, right? You know, Cam and, and Chris and, and, and Cody. And I mean, like, I rely heavily on those guys because they're in the trenches all the time with these kids and do i still have good relationships i mean with our guys of course i do you know i mean i'm sitting texting with tanner last night you know tanner sloan talking about you know the the, the tv interview that, that that he did and um you know just going over little things but the constant interaction um it, it's different it's it, it it is harder but um i try i try to make you know make it the best we can and, and i guess it's Similar thing about even now, I was asking about coaching guys on the map, but what you know, communication? Are you? I guess you said you talked to Tanner last night, but is it a lot tougher to keep up with the guys? Are, are most guys in town or gone? Or no, we we we. Um, so when we got the news on Thursday of last week, that was it. Last week? No, two weeks ago. Yeah, they're all blended they're, together. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't know what day right now. Uh, so we got the got the word on a Thursday. We had a team meeting on on Friday. We got together over lunch and uh, um, kind of gave them the, as much updated information as we could. And then uh, we cut them loose and we said, "Listen, <clears throat> the university, our athletics department, wants you to go home. Um, you know, grab what you need, grab your books, grab uh, you know some clothes, and, and head home." Um, so we we have hardly anybody here everybody's on online classes right now uh so communication uh we've been kind of sporadically keeping in contact uh you know phone text messages and and, uh and emails um you know this took me a little bit better to get this working (laughs) on my computer so i'm not technically inclined you know are you are you on tiktok what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Some of our guys are on that, man. It's, it, it's a waste of time, I think. It's like, goodness gracious. Like, do some productive. Um, I mean, so, we're all but, stuck at home, you know, ticking and talking. I, I, yeah, I hear you. But the, the other thing is, so uh, I just got a Zoom account. And I'm going to be kind of organizing with our staff, trying to set up uh, our guys, getting them on Zoom. Let's and Zoom. so we can. Video? It's video, video conferencing. Okay. Come on, and uh, so we're gonna try and we're gonna we're gonna do small groups and set that up and, and get talking to our guys um, more face to face, you know, kind of connections. But yeah, man, it's um, this is crazy, crazy times we're in. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk. You know, what was supposed to be the the football stadium NCAA championships? You're from Minneapolis, not yet from there, but we went to school there. Um, yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with the football stadium, but you know, nah, what nah. was your? Did you like the idea? Did you dislike it? Did you want to just want to see what happened? Um, I was excited for it, right? I think I, I um, uh, uh, I follow you on Twitter. Uh, you're, you're you're kind of a celebrity, uh, so <laughs> I follow you on Twitter, and I think you might have put out a tweet, and when everybody was like complaining about. You know, the match set up, yeah. the this, the that. And I think you said, guys, let's go see it first. Yes. And then afterwards, you know, you know, you haven't even seen anything and you're going to complain. Uh, I was spot on with you, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, listen, th- this 
this is this is not where I I make my living in in creating events. Right. So I was going to bring our athletes, you know, coach, and, and you know these guys were going to wrestle. Um, I was going to give it a chance. Oh, look at you with the Minnesota mug. Oh, oh hey, uh, I was... hey, look at that. Um, so I was going to. I was going to, you know, give it a chance and, and see, I was excited for it because this is something different, completely different than we're used to, uh, having the opportunity to, I don't know how, how many fans would have come 40,000, 50,000, 60. I mean, heck, we don't know. Um, that was exciting. Uh, you know, I've, I've been to a couple football games and, and it's, I mean, it's, it, not that bad, man. I mean, you know, watching a football game, you're down at one end and they're on, you know, driving on the other. Is it a little difficult to maybe watch? Maybe a little bit, but that's why you got the jumbo screens and and everything. But I don't know, man. It's kind of kind of cool, kind of exciting, you know, to change it up a little. I was hoping, I was really really hoping it was going to go off and 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 really create something unique because that and it would have opened the opportunity to um, look at other venues yeah. like that and keep growing our sport you know yeah. I, I i don't know how many i don't know how many domes there are in the country but probably only half a dozen and you could have really started targeting some of those areas across the country and kept growing the sport and then on those years that you move it to you know a football stadium or um you, you know something of, of that nature uh you just you blow the roof off and so i was going to give it a chance you know that that's kind of the bottom line and and I was excited for it, to be honest with you. Do you think that in the finals they would make the guys run from the tunnel all the way to the to the middle? <laughs> I was thinking about that. That's, <laughs> That's... kind of crazy, right? Kind of yeah. crazy. Be, be running, running what fifty yards? No more. Than <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. yeah, seventy yards. Friggin' <laughs> seventy done. yards down. Yeah, friggin I don't know. That would have been interesting. I'll tell you. Yeah, I think yep. they would have came out from the middle somewhere. Coach, yeah, it would have been. They would have figured something good out. Yeah, for sure. For Coach, sure. I got to ask you about one of your guys. Um, yeah. Tanner Cook is like doing the craziest stuff all the time. He's like the most fun, <laughs> one of the most fun 165 pounders to watch in the country. Where does it, where does all that crazy gator bacon and stuff come from? And how do you work with a guy who has such unconventional technique? <laughs> he is, um, uh, he's got, I mean, he, he's got some length, right? Uh, you might not see it. Maybe, maybe, you know, when he's out there, um, you know, everybody's around the same height around that weight class, but he's got some leverage. And if you go back and you look at a guy like uh, Ness, right, uh, he had some length and leverage. Uh, were they, is Tanner strong? Yeah, he, he's strong, but it's that leverage that he has and he's able to use his body and, and kind of kind of move guys where they don't want to be um you know before he goes out and he wrestles i mean we tell him tanner wrestle in your positions you know make guys uncomfortable put them in positions that they don't want to wrestle in and you're going to be fine um it's uh he, you know it's you know people ask does he do anything else and it's like <laughs> come to practice and you'll see like you'll see all the things that you know that he does yeah. but it's like anything right uh, you, you talk about any situation in in, in sports and life and whatever in, you know whatever it is, we always revert back to what we're comfortable doing, right? right? And, and that's in everything. So it's it, it's getting him to kind of break away um, 
that's that's the difficult part because he's got offense and he, I mean we saw it you know throughout this season you know, he'll hit he'll hit you know a single leg here he'll ride on top um, but he's comfortable being in those dangerous positions uh, um, where other people aren't and 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 just getting him to kind of open that up open that door up just a little bit um, is is important and. Uh, you know, you know, it takes time. It, it, it takes a lot of time. You know, when you start having, it's like, uh, what did Madden, you know, Madden, John Madden said something about, you know, it was, uh, you know, football and, um, you know, it's not, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it was, it, it was something like running, r- running a certain play and he kept using the same thing over and over. Um, but it's true. Right. I mean, if it's working, keep doing it. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I love the, I love the people that, you know, we've had, we've had a handful of through our time that kind of do the same thing over and over and over and everybody's, ah, oh, they're junk wrestlers. They're junk wrestlers. Well, junk wrestlers, you know, they'll hit a headlock and, you know, it'll, you know, it works one time or whatever it is, but continually do this to guys that you've continually wrestled throughout the season. They got to be pretty good at what they're doing. They're not just junk yeah. wrestlers. And uh, he he has done it multiple times, multiple guys that he's wrestled around here, and he's definitely exciting to watch. He's uh, yeah. he's definitely a crowd pleaser for sure. Yeah, I love it. It makes for exciting action, no doubt. Yeah, he was the one. He was one that I was excited for the national tournament because I'm telling you, he was going to pin some people. Yeah, you know he's gonna go out there high flyer. Yeah, he's in a you know cement mix for him. I mean, <laughs> you never know with that kid. He is uh, he is dangerous. That's the Just kind of kid that, that could light up that football stadium. You know, I was curious. You know, in, in the arenas yeah. when who gets a pin or some a team that everybody's rooting oh, yeah. against gets a pin, and you know that that was one thing. I was curious what that was gonna sound like. I guess we'll have to wait four years find out. Wait, is it going back to a football stadium in four years? Well, no. So it's in St. Louis next year, and then they rebid. Yeah. So I guess we don't have to wait potentially two, right? After St. Louis, they'll they'll string out another four years. Yeah, um, yeah. I believe. Now I'm a huge I'm a huge St. Louis fan. I love St. Louis. Nice you know? Emos Pizza. E- e- emos? Yeah, you love <laughs> no. it. Yeah, sweet. No, glad to hear. Oh no, uh, <laughs> I love St. Louis. I think St. Louis from from an atmosphere yeah. is awesome. I mean, <clears throat> we're the only show in town. You got everything right there. Yep. Um, I'm a huge huge St. Louis fan. Well, so they, I'm excited. We're going. Back. They got a dome. They got a football stadium. So who knows? Do you they? Know? I mean, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, downtown, not that far away from the where they uh, wrestle. Not, so a little closer to the river. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, Damien, we're we're just about out of time. Um, we'll give you Cutting any parting off, words. Man. No, you say you stay on as long as you want. You talk. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, uh, you guys do a great job, and uh, you know, Bader. Hey, I'm a big fan. All right, we're buddies. We're okay, cool. Master Bus. Strong buddies. Yeah, go play that week <laughs> station tonight. Yeah, we'll have to reconnect sometime. I'm I'm down. Let's do it. All right, bud. All Take right, care. thanks, Damien. Have a great day. You got it. All right, you bye. Too. Always entertaining, talking with Damian Hahn. Man, um, South Dakota State was a team that I, I did not expect to have such a good season. And, um, you know, they – you mentioned last year, end of the year, 
Damien was was uh, uh, was just, discouraged, right? You know, discouraged might be the right word. Just not a little bumming, right? And it didn't didn't and, feel great about the tournament or the season. And you know, you looked at the lineup they had, and it didn't it didn't feel like okay, they're now all of a sudden gonna make these huge jumps up to fourth in the Big Twelve, right? But uh, but they did, and and um, dual meet season was incredible, and they had they just they had guys that. Yesterday when we were talking to Coach Ursuline, you said in his, I think, second year or something, you saw the fight, the, the yeah, difference in the yeah, fight, and that's that's what these guys have. Yep. So they're on that path, I think, and you know, a couple years from now, they're going to be even even better. Yeah, and you know, Bono did a great job there. There was no no doubt in my mind that Damian Holland was going to come in and, and do a great job and be a, a great head coach out at uh, South Dakota State. So big things um, probably coming out of them in, in the near future. We're getting our next guest situated He's almost set. Now it looks like maybe his. Can you hear us over there, Mr. Iani? Yep, awesome. can hear you good. Where are you at? You in a gym or something up against some padded walls? So I'm uh, I'm in my garage right now. This is the wrestling room that I wrestled in growing up. <laughs> okay. It's like the only place I can get away from everyone. So. Okay, cool, man. How's uh, how's things with, with you? Is, it, is this Long Island? I'm in uh, Rochester. Rochester. Which is right under Lake Ontario. So uh, it's good. You know, I got the news about the postponement and stuff, but... I'm just here training right now. Friedman Center is closed because, you know, Cornell's not letting anyone on campus. So I'm kind of doing my own thing right now, getting ready. And just now that everything's canceled, just, you know, focusing on getting better. Yeah, I mean, let's shoot. I think that the actual news came today. Yesterday it seemed like we heard it was coming. But how what, did you read it? Did somebody call you? Did you see a tweet? How did you find out that the Olympics were postponed? I, uh, I saw a tweet. I saw that headline, you know, talking about, the guy from the IOC announcing that they were going to be postponed. I didn't really believe it until I read it and, you know, realized it was a it was a good source. And I don't know it is what it is. It's kind of it's it you know I, it's tough for me, but there's a lot of other people who are worse off having to wait a year. You know. Sure. Um, so you've been training in in this home gym, I assume, up until today. Are you going to continue to train? You take a little bit of time off and like let freshen up. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm probably going to keep training until, you know, instructed to do otherwise. You know, I feel, I feel good. And I, you know, I think I was making some good progress, especially after, you know, the Pan Am championships. I feel like I had, that was my first match in a couple months and it was, it gave me a lot of stuff to work on. And, you know, I feel like I was starting to break through, you know, getting ready for Olympic trials. I was speaking. So, I mean, you know, I'll probably just keep working on stuff. Maybe take some time off, you know, now or in the near future, but for now, I feel like I'm, I'm in good shape. Who are you, are you wrestling with? Your brother Greg, or who do you who do you wrestle with it there? Um, you know, just whoever I can get. Vito Arujo was here for a couple of days, and then he went back to Long Island. And, uh, Julian Ramirez is here with me right now, wrestling. I'm just kind of living in my house. Um, I got you know Greg to wrestle with, and uh, actually my youngest brother Elijah. He's only twelve, but. Or 13 now, but he's 165 pounds, so he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, big boy, he's he's a he's a big guy. So he wrestled with him and uh, Mike Gray and his uh, wife and his son Declan are here right now. You know, they're they just came and stopped by just to see how everything was doing and kind of probably get out of their house since everyone's in isolation right now. Yeah. So there's people I can wrestle with. Were you like? Um kind of structuring your practices did you uh, workouts did you say hey we're gonna spar and then drill and then wrestle live and and condition or anything or was it just kind of like you know i've seen i I watch kyle dake wrestle sometimes and it seems like there's like not that there's no plan or structure but he's kind of like 
flows through it and it doesn't look like a practice where somebody's actually putting him through. So, yeah, Kyle, Kyle's really big on, you know, having some independence, but at the same time, he knows what he's doing. He just controls the flow of the workout by his own pace and kind of expects you to match his pace. Yeah. And, um, you know, it works. He's, it's what's good. It's what's best for him. For me, I like to have more of a structured workout. So, you know, I warm up, I'll drill for a little bit, you know, get loose, probably do some of what Kyle's doing, some of that sparring stuff to get loose. And then, you know, address some technical things for me, you know, whatever it is I want to work on. I usually have, you know, one or two things, even if we're going to spar, I can just put it out there. So whoever's watching me can point it out, or if I'm wrestling, whoever I'm wrestling with can point out stuff that they notice about it. And then, uh, you know, do some live, do some conditioning at the end, and then maybe go back and revisit it, you know, when it's all said and done. So, like, potential, sometimes at the start of a workout, you'll say to your partner, hey, let's spar, but I want to work on this area? Yeah, like, if I'm, say it's today, I grab Julian, and I want to work on some right-handed single-like finishes. I'll be like, hey, I'm taking singles on you. Um, I need you to give me this feel. Or, hey, I'm taking single-legs on you. Don't let me get there. No matter what I do, I'm only going to shoot this. Don't let me get there. So you kind of handicap yourself a little bit because if you can score on a guy who knows exactly what you're doing and it still works, that's how, like, you know you have a good shot. Yeah. The way I feel about it is, like, if you watch the best guys in the world, you never really get surprised with their, what they're doing. They're just so good at it that you know it's coming, but they still get to it. And that's kind of what I'm working on right now. When did you kind of do that, um, the handicap, right? When did you start, if, you, if that's a name for it, right, that, that way of training? Yeah. Um... You know, I got really into it, you know, towards the end of my sophomore year and this past year, past year, because I realized the problem with me, like telling you what feel to give me is if it's not what you're best at, it's actually making it easier for me because I'm forcing you to do something that you don't do. Yeah. But what I started doing was, you know, letting you give me whatever reaction you would give because you're good. Say I'm wrestling with Chaz Tucker. Chaz going to give me a totally different look than Vito. Yeah. But what Chaz does, he's good at. And what Vito does, he's good at. So if I'm wrestling Chaz, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to take, you know, left-handed single leg. You've got, that's all I'm doing. You can stop me however you want. And then, the, you know, we play like that. And then the, the key to that is you have, you know, two or three different guys who can give you different looks. And I feel like that's how you build a really good attack. And, you know, luckily for me, I've got a lot of good guys who I can wrestle who are different sizes and different types of skills and different body types. So that's kind of how I've been developing my offense. Sure. Have you thought at all about – David and I were talking earlier today, like this – the postponed deal. There's so many questions and it's just messy and what happens with the Olympic red shirts and like – do you have any overarching concerns or just not even maybe concerns but like giant questions? Yeah, I mean – yeah. You know, big things I was thinking about was what they're going to do with what countries are qualified for the games because, and this is honestly just bigger than wrestling. This is for all sports. Like, we'll, so let's talk about wrestling. Sure. So there's the 2019 World Championships, and my last, the countries that qualified were Russia, Uzbek, or Kazakhstan, India, Mongolia, Hungary, and then. Are you going to honor 20 results for the 2021 Olympics, even though it was two calendar years ago? But then at the same time, if you don't, how are you going to replace those spots because you can't have a world championship this year? So I guess this, I'm interested to see, you know, in all the sports, not even just wrestling, how they're going to approach countries qualifying because a lot of times, like the previous year, the, 
the months leading up to it really matter, but you know, some of that time is kind of getting blocked out because of you know what's going on in the world right now. So I'm interested to see how they qualify for all that stuff. And um, you know, I wonder, especially like with the Ivy League, what they're going to do for guys as far as giving them a fifth year or letting them wrestle in grad school. I know, I know, we have guys who were seniors this year who definitely would be interested in doing it if they had the right opportunity. Yanni, it seems like you know it, it could could happen that uh you know this would mean that 2021 worlds would be canceled uh it seems like that's probably likely right if if the olympics are in 2021 it would be odd to have a world championships the same year do you think uww should consider if it's safe by the end of 2020 adding uh world championships this year yeah i mean yes i would be in favor of that if it was if everything was okay and no one was gonna get hurt i think that would be a great idea because then I guess the, the regular flow of things are, are affected less. You know what I mean? There's still – really all he did was flip the 2021 Worlds and the 2020 Olympics. If – I mean, take – if you take all of the other craziness out and just look at it big picture, you flip the Olympic Games with the World Championships the year after. So, I don't know. I think that would be a good idea. It's, it's a little less um, out of the ordinary than it would be if you just had nothing this year. But, you know, it depends because – Right now, I feel like there's there's no way anything's going to happen. But months from now, you never know. You know? Was there supposed to be a non-Olympic weights world this year? Do you guys know? I didn't notice one on the UWW calendar, but uh-huh. there might have been, and I just you know I'm not really looking for it. Sure, I just they, yeah. I, right, as of now, there was not one scheduled, but in 2016, it was at this time. I don't think one had been announced, and then in the summer there was then the announcement that Budapest would, would hold the non-Olympic worlds in, in December, which that's the the thing that gives me some hope that it's, that it's possible even this late in the game to potentially add like a December 2020 worlds. But I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm sure that's a monumental task to try to pull off in, in a short amount of time, especially not knowing when this, this quarantine will be over and all that. But man, if it could happen, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. World championships this year. Yeah. Count me in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Speaking of quarantine, what, what are you guys doing to pass the time, Yanni? I've just been kind of living like a college kid. I get up, practice, play video games. I'm here with my brothers, so you know I saw some people around me. But you know, it was nice for a day or two to just do nothing and wrestle and just kind of have nothing to do. But I don't know. We're into day four for me, I think, and I'm already start, starting to get over it. So I mean, we'll see. I've just been. Trying to kill the time, however I can. We were watching uh, ESPN two was ESPN eight the Ocho the other day, so we were okay. watching some like awful racing and death diving and all of this crazy stuff. So just trying to find ways to kill time. Yeah, I think I think that's the case with everyone, right? And you say it's only day four, man. We're looking at I don't even know a couple months, maybe month at yeah. least probably. So yeah, like my buddy uh, Ludapre, who I grew up with, you know, from home, was like, hey, like. What are you up to? He texted me. He came over one time to just like hang out for a little bit. And I was like, you know, we should go do something. I'm like, we can't do anything. <laughs> no. All we can do is watch TV. Nothing to do. <laughs> Play uh, NCAA 13. And so, is that basketball or NCAA 13? We, I was a big NCAA football guy growing football. up. Football. Right. So we play a lot. Yeah. Does Cornell have a team on, on that? No. We're, we're not even in the BCS. We're like, NCAA, IA, or whatever it is. Division 1AA? Yeah, like Division 1AA, yeah. 
But you have a football team. Uh, we have, yeah, we have a team. Do you ever go to games? I have, I have been to maybe a few games. <laughs> uh, big, 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 sport, big sports at Cornell are like wrestling's a big one, and obviously, and then hockey and lacrosse is you know good sometimes. So those are like the ones I feel like people go to a lot. Speaking of Cornell wrestling, tell me about the 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 Friedman Center getting a little facelift. What oh, else happening? Yeah, big big facelift. Big facelift. So they're they're really stepping up the Friedman. So they're adding, you know, they're they're pretty much blowing out the whole front room and the like the small weight room we have and turning it into kind of a like a lobby hall of fame room that you walk in. You know, you got all the all the pictures of Kyle Dake everywhere up there. Kept <laughs> in one spot. And um you know, that's where they're keeping everything. And then you come in. The wrestling room itself is pretty much the same. And then, you know, having a much larger locker room, you know, a nicer training room. They're having a freestyle mat in the back for RTC guys. And, oh, nice. You know, weight room and everything. And there's a ton more stuff that I just don't know about that Coach Cole is surprising us with. But it's a pretty big addition we're getting put on. They're, they were in the middle of it right now. I actually don't know if they had to get stopped because of all this stuff or not. But originally it was scheduled to be finished in – August or September, so we'll see. Yanni, I want to go back to Pan Ams for a minute. You had the opportunity to um, to wrestle at the Pan Am Championships. Did you did you go home right after that tournament, or did you stick around through the qualifier? No, so I was in Ithaca until about a week ago, maybe a little more than that, because that was when our compliance officer officially came in and was like, hey, no one's allowed in here. So at that point, you know, it was pretty obvious for me. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, spend any time in Africa if I couldn't train. So I had to pack my stuff up, and I brought Julian with me. I went home. You know, I stayed in touch with Mike a lot, and then, like I said, you know, him and he brought his whole family here just for a day to watch a workout. And, uh, Sounds like a good time. Yeah, Yanni, were you uh, with the Pan Am Olympic? trials qualifier were you following along with that tournament or were you watching um the, the semifinal match Uh-oh. in particular and with zane trying to qualify the weight and if so what was that experience like yeah i, I was watching i was watching pretty closely um you know it's uh it's tough kind of to watch you know something that i i wish i had more control in but you know i understand that I, it's not my place to go and qualify the weight because i didn't make the team last year so Indirectly, it is my fault, you know, kind of that we're in the situation. But, you know, it's unfortunate, but all it means is that, you know, it's more in my hands. You know, I got to try to make a team. And if I make the team, I got to make sure, you know, I go qualify the weight. And I guess, like, the silver lining would be if I make the team, at least, you know, I'm the one with the opportunity to qualify. Sure. Um, and, and it's no no secret. You're a guy who's... I don't know if obsessed is the right word, but it's not a bad word. You're you're so into wrestling, and you, it consumes you, and you fall and you sleep at the Friedman Center, and right, you're like, now you got nothing but time on your hands. Are you thinking about the sport more than you normally did? Because what are we gonna do with our time, or not? I mean, yeah, I guess for me, I'm trying to be more critical of myself, and you know, I think one thing that. I guess the maturity thing that I used to not do at all growing up was I need to be more responsible, you know, with what I'm doing and just all around, you know, focusing on making sure my diet is really perfect and I'm, I'm lifting really hard. I'm in really good shape, you know, and taking all those things into account because, you know, as a kid, even in high school, I feel like that's not, 
how you get good. For me, like it was really skill based, and I'm still spending a ton of time focusing on skill, watching my film, and you know, being really focused on those kinds of things that can help make me good. But I need to be equally as focused on you know what I'm doing, you know, 24/7. You can focus on technique, but in the end, you can't wrestle for more than you know two or three hours. You can't watch film for more than a couple hours, but you have so many hours of the day where you can. You can run or lift or condition or just not be eating cookies and stuff. You know what I mean? Just being really focused. So trying to, you know, I know that this is a time where people can lose focus and kind of let it get away from them because everything's canceled, everything's so far away. But, you know, this is a time where you got to make sure you stay focused. And I guess to, I don't know, you don't think you cut a ton of weight, but everybody's got to watch and manage their weight. With this news of the cancellations, do you, do you, Go out and get Amazon to deliver you some Ben and Jerry's. Hi. This is uh, Mike Sundeck when he came to say hi. Hey, what's hey. up, buddy? Hey, can you say hi? Yeah. Come on, say hi. Yeah. All right. Can you say no? Can I go back to dad now? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. He's funny. I always like guest appearances. No, he just, I guess he was like, he just pop, kept popping his head in and he just like ran. <laughs> no, that's great, man. We like having people on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's weird having a baby around because I'm, it's not mine. Baby, first of all, just making sure I throw that out there because every once in a while people are like, oh, I didn't know you had kids. I'm like, I really, no, I don't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's funny. It's funny. Have you spent much time around uh, babies before? So, no, but then we got pushed into baby, baby land because Mike had a son, Mike had Declan, last September, or last July, and then two months later in September, my mom had a son, so his name's Micah, and I see him, you know, every time I'm home too, so I went from no babies around me to kind of baby land, where I'm, I'm in Ithaca, and there's Declan, I go home, and there's Micah, so. <laughs> what have you learned most about, what have you learned most about babies? That um, they're actually way smarter than they're given credit for. <laughs> yeah. Because really quickly they pick up on your mannerisms. Like uh, when you see them and you hold them and you kind of like shake your head at them, they start shaking their head back right at you. And now every time I see Declan or Micah, they shake their head at me. And also, one thing I've learned is that people who wrestle but also have children are just better at doing life than I am. Because <laughs> that is hard. Like, I'll, Mike will come into practice one day, and he's all sleepy. I'm like, what happened? He'll be like, Declan woke up all night. He's like, I'm coaching today. You know, like, his joke. Oh, I'm coaching. I'm not wrestling today. And I was like, man, could you imagine, like, like Jordan Burroughs has three kids? That's tough. That's tough. Or, like, Kyle. Kyle Kyle just has, has a baby now, Ella Joe, who's also at the treatment a lot. And I'm like, man, that is tough. <laughs> the same thing as me, but also have – other responsibilities than just hanging out and watching wrestling all day. Yeah, replace those video games with uh, burpees. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. The most intense thing I have to do is go to practice and go home and eat healthy, and then Kyle's got to go home and feed his daughter. Yeah, <laughs> like change a diaper. Great things. Yeah. Good job. Different type of life. Yeah, ain't that the truth? Different type of life. Yeah. Um. So I mean. Gosh, I hate to say that. I mean, 
Maybe you lucked out. I don't know what the right word is, but you took the right year to take an Olympic redshirt and to not I lose. Took the year to take the redshirt. Right? To not lose that year of eligibility. And, and, and I hate, you know, it's really unfortunate for Spencer, right? He's poised to potentially be a four-timer now that seems to be taken away from him. But you have that opportunity yeah. ahead of you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if he if he wins next year and he finishes out as a three-timer, he'll be one of those guys where he'll be in the list of three-timers. Everyone's be like, well, but this happened, you know? And yeah. That'll be one of those things I feel like will always get mentioned because, you know, you have so many stories that people don't even know about, you know, guys like Chaz who finished the year undefeated and he, was never, he never got to All-American. You had to think he's an All-American this year. Yeah. Be like, you want to... Uh, like you want to just have the banner and you want to put his name up there with an asterisk and be like, technically not because of coronavirus. But he would have done it. But he would have. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people seem to think. I feel for those guys, you know. Yeah. As a as a wrestling fan, which I know you are, was there any weight class you were most looking forward to seeing at the NCAA championships? Thirty three. Thirty three. Thirty three was a thirty three was a mess because you could go down you go down to like the tenth seated guy and you're like you know he could beat he could beat one of these guys for sure there was no one there was no one who was safe and there were a lot of guys who could have snuck into the and being one of those top tier guys you know yeah and it, it it was really exciting and you know it helps it helps you have a horse in the, in the race a little bit you know with our guy sure that with jazz being so good um well and looking ahead to next year right i mean talk about cornell and and their potential lineup and and you guys are in, looking to be in pretty good shape next year yeah, we got a lot of really good young guys coming in, and um, you know, coming off right, coming off you know that gap here, and then you know, I think we have some guys who are going to come straight in. I'm not going to say just in case I'm wrong, but I think we do. And then you know, obviously you know, you have Max Vito and I coming off red shirt, and you know, we everyone you know we kind of called this year a down year, but our guys had a really good year. You know, what I mean, they're. I know we lost to Princeton in the duel, which is tough, but we took second in the IWA to look at high. And, you know, we had eight qualifiers, which is more than we've ever had since I've been at Cornell. So, I mean, you know, we had a really good year. So, all those guys are going to be around. And, you know, you got guys like Darmstadt who were in this year. And, you know, tons of good guys who are still going to be around. And then we gained so many high-level guys. You got to think that should be a really good team for us. Um, so, being in wrestling circles, you hear maybe rumors, maybe whatever – the, the possibility that Yanni might go 149 next year. Is that a, something you would consider or have talked about or thought about? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those questions I get asked a lot. It's definitely a possibility, and, um, you know, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. It kind of depends on, you know, what kind of guys we have coming in and, you know, who, who shapes out to be as good as they could be or, you know, what we think they could be. But, you know, I – I'm open to either. You know, I'm I'm not super big. It's not a terrible, terrible weight cut for me to go 41, and uh, I could go 49 and just, you know, not get huge and you know stay in really good shape and focus on my wrestling more. So I'm willing to do either, and uh, you know whatever the coaches think is going to make our lineup better. You know, I just, I'm kind of willing to do that for the team. Sure. You don't have any any. I don't know if fear is the right word, but that you'll be too small or a little, little undersized at 149. No, I mean, I definitely will be a little bit undersized, but, you know, I think with the way that everything's shifting, you know, with the one-hour weigh-ins, the short-hour weigh-in for tournaments, you know, 
that size, like being big isn't as valuable as it, you know, was in high school when you went to Super 32 and it was the night before weigh-in. Uh-huh. You can only get so big and so much heavier than me. So as long as I'm not teeny tiny, which I know I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be too worried about being a small 49-pounder. When you see you like with some huge, huge muscles? Yeah, super jacked. I've always been known for my, <laughs> my incredible strength. Yes. So I'm not really worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yanni, uh, man, I think back to this time last year, and I think kind of the, the wrestling world's perception of you was like, you know, two-time NCAA champ, and now let's find out where where you stand on the senior level. Now, man, you're, you're I think, a person that everybody considers right there in the mix to make the Olympic team one of the best that we have at 65 kilos. Do you think about yourself differently now compared to a year ago, and are you happy with the progress you've made in the last year? Um, I mean, I'm definitely glad, you know, I, I can visually see that I'm getting better in my wrestling. My wrestling, if you watch me wrestle my sophomore year, it was honestly pretty tough to watch. <laughs> it was not great. And then, um, you know, I got got a lot better as the freestyle season built on, you know, I hold myself to different standards, more on my skills I was doing season. And, um, you know, I, I don't really think I view myself differently because in the end, my goal is to to be great and get better you know and great is kind of a it's my internal description of myself it's you know i i know how good i can be and you know the results may not always show you know how good someone is you talk about guys who could have won worlds should have won worlds could have done this could have done that could have been a national champ you know but i i think internally i know how good i can be and um you know in the end i just see myself as not as good as i could be so just keep focusing on getting better right now and you know see how see how far I can get myself and see how how successful I can get you know how how good at the sport I can be I think uh there's potential to to do pretty good <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed we're we're working on it. we got to get we got to get back to wrestling first though cuz uh we're not really doing much of anything I right now I know right now I'm just sitting in my wrestling room looking at the mat how big is this? Can you show us this room or you like post it up? Is your phone posted up on something? I, I can turn you around for a second. Oh, yeah, so this is my wrestling room. This is where I wrestled growing up. Oh, no way. It's, it's yeah. 35 feet uh-huh. by, it's 35 feet long, about 20 feet wide this way. This way is 14 feet. This is actually uh, from Dodgeball. Oh. <laughs> the kid, my dad coaches got this for him. We have that hung up there. We got our little wall of quotes over here and, you know, all the guys we wrestled here and stuff. So it's a pretty neat little room. Um, you know, my dad invested a lot of time into us. And it's funny, like when we were younger, you know, he just kind of understood that we could be better than you could get from wrestling at the local youth club. And he was just like, you know what? If you guys are going to be good or bad, I want it to be my fault if you're stuck. So I'm going to coach you. <laughs> We just start, you know, we set up this wrestling room. We got the original group was, you know, me and my brother and Ludacre and his whole family was with us. And we just started watching film, you know, my dad and I, and we would just be like, all right, we're working on this today in practice. We'd watch the World Championships. We'd watch Russian Nationals, Uregan, wherever we can find, and start working on it in practice. So this is the room where it started. It's evolved a lot since we started, but this is where I started. This is where I wrestled, you know, since I was eight years old. At nine years old. Wow. How many hours do you think you put in that room? I know it's probably an impossible answer to so question. We actually have a you ever you ever heard of the book uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah, 
my dad always makes that 10,000 hours reference. So we actually have a little chalkboard up there. We, we, we used to keep up with it really well when I was younger. Every hour, of practice, every hour of practice was one little tally up there on that little wall. You can see all the lines going through it. And um, we kept track a ton when I was younger, but thousands and thousands of hours. We used to just come in here. We wrestled, we wrestled Thanksgiving. We wrestled Christmas Day. We wrestled Easter. We wrestled every day. Every day that we could wrestle, we wrestled. We, if we took time off, it was like someone was hurt or, you know, you could just see guys were kind of, you know, a little sluggish in the room. You'd take a couple of days off and get back to it. But, like, I wrestled a ton growing up. I really liked it. So it wasn't, it wasn't super taxing mentally, you know. It was just, like, what I wanted to do, so I wrestled a ton. I was just going to ask that. Was it ever like, oh, I don't want to do this today? <laughs> or not you know, really? if, there was not, if there was 100 workouts – Two of them I wasn't looking forward to. Oh, One of man. them. You know what I, mean? I really, I really liked it. It was, it was just what I got to do. And my dad did a good job of tricking us. You know what I mean? Like all my friends wrestled. So we would have practice and then everyone would stay over and we'd have dinner and like hang out with my friends. So like when you were younger, you Trace. got like reeled in because you could hang out with your friends every time there was practice. <laughs> and then you got older and like, I don't know, by the time I was in high school, it was just like part of what I did. It was like, you just woke up, went to school, had practice, did your homework, went to bed. Like that was just the routine of your day. You never, you never didn't have practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but at like some a... point, it became part of what I did. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty awesome that 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 room is where you started. <laughs> You're practicing in there today. Yeah, my dad always makes the joke like if you ever moved, he would ask if you could just take this room and move it in and like attach it to his new house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just get like a saw or something. I'm sure you can cut off and just yeah, pull just it. Yeah, off and move it. Put on a trailer. Um, sweet, man. Well, we're just about to the to the end of our time, Yanni. Let's give you the last word and anything you want to say, any words, any any anything. Nah, yeah, thank you for having me on. And this 24-hour concept you guys are working with, I think is awesome. Thank you. It's really Thanks. Cool. It's, not a, it's, it's really cool. It's not a concept. It's happening. It's happening. It's, it's happening. Like it. Right really after like this, it. you hang up, Helen Maroulis comes on, she's on for 30 minutes, and then uh, same link, we're going to show films for a good chunk of the day. We got, I think, the Scuffle and Vegas finals, or Scuffle and Midlands finals, a bunch of stuff overnight, it's going to keep rolling all tomorrow, and then, yeah, for forever. Yeah, that is awesome, because I can just watch wrestling whenever I feel like it. There you go, man, <laughs> 24-7. Hey, Yanni, thanks so much, you have a great day, and uh, stay safe out there. No, thank you for having me on. All right, man, thanks, take care. Yanni. All right. We made it further than we did yesterday. Yeah, technology is uh, it's working out for us. It's a good thing. And, um, man, you know, uh, I was looking up earlier before before we got Yanni on, I was looking up his, uh, his results in the um, UWW database. Every single result that he has in that database has a one next to it. He's won every UWW tournament that he's, that he's entered. Match? Every match? Every, like yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool to talk to him. So, uh, man, it was really good to catch up with Yanni and really excited to see him back on the mat. Yeah, absolutely. And we will bounce. Now we have our final caller of the show. We had a lot of trouble yesterday, but she's on right now. Helen Maroulis. How are you this morning, this afternoon? Hey. Maybe. Yeah, afternoon. I'm good. How about you guys? We're doing well. We're very glad to see you. It was a little frustrating yesterday. The technology was not cooperating, but appears to be working more or less today. Um, are you in Maryland? or, or I know you've kind of been nomadic over the last few years. Where are you at right now? 
Yeah, I have been nomadic over the last few years. I am in Maryland, and I officially don't really travel anywhere anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think like the rest of us. Um, yeah. Were you – excuse me. I'm having a little bit of trouble here. Were you – Were you? Uh, have you been in Maryland for a while, or did you go there once we kind of got the news of everybody needs to hunker down? No, I actually came here just – I came home for Christmas break. I thought I was going to be done wrestling, and then I ended up staying here just to get treatment and kind of made my comeback here. So. Oh wow! So you you thought that you weren't you were going to be done, or you didn't think you were going to wrestle this year? Uh, I thought I wasn't going to be able to wrestle again. So I came home, and my parents were like, "Yeah, we like you can lie to whoever you want, but we know something's not right with you." And just forget wrestling. Stay home. Let's get you some doctors. You know, I'm by Johns Hopkins and a bunch of stuff here, and um. Yeah, I was like, all right, well, God, if you want me to move here, like, can you just give me dance and wrestling in a church community? And then all those three things just kind of fell into place in like 24 hours. Wow. So now I live here. So, <laughs> with what, my but you are wrestling, obviously. At what point did you, did you come to the realization or figure out that, it, or make the decision that, actually, I can wrestle. Let's do it. So once I knew I was going to be here more, um, then a week, I, uh, I was like, you know what, let me just try to start getting back on the mat maybe once or twice a week. And, um, my old junior league coach told me that, you know, this guy, John Morrison just moved in town. He's coaching a kid's club, happened to be right by my house. So I just called him up and was like, Hey, there's not much I can do. You know, I gotta be really careful with my health, but can we just try drilling? And, um, I would drill and then I would go home and have these crazy symptoms and like have to lay in bed all day and, I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm coming back. And uh, and then just kind of like over time through seeing doctors and just really being careful with the wrestling and figuring out, okay, this is what we need to push through. Because some of it was psychological, psychosomatic, and some of it was like neck-related stuff. So it was kind of this weird just guess and check and check in and see doctors all day and just see like, can we get, get through this? And yeah, then I came back like 110%. So. Wow. So – when did you finally know that you could you could wrestle? Was it like a day where you're like, I'm good? Not that like I'm cured, but like a day where it was like, I'm, yeah. I'm confident I'm good to go. So I, uh, and I don't know why I did this because we had till, uh, till December 31st to, um, uh, to say if we wanted to do the wrestle off or not for the Pan Am spot. And literally I think it was just FOMO. And I was like, well, in case a miracle happens, let me just say yes. And then even when they announced the press release a week later, I'm like, no, this is so embarrassing. I'm going to pull out and, you know, I should just tell them no. And then I still didn't say anything. Uh, and I just kind of told John, you know, we're just drilling. And I, and I said to him, I think I'm going to try and, and wrestle. And I think I'm going to try and do this wrestle off. And he's like, yeah, let's, you know, I, I don't think he wanted to be like, yo, you are out of shape. <laughs> um, and then I called uh, Coach Cal, um, who uh, does you know kind of my nutrition and meal prep and my peaking everything and um conditioning so i just called him and i said physiologically uh like i'll do everything in my power but physiologically and scientifically is it safe and doable for three weeks for me to be good enough to to just get on the mat and be safe i'm like i'm not expecting to be 110 percent. and he goes yeah you know these are this is a new protocol let's do this and then even the week before i did my first practice uh, uh i started doing you know three minute live goes and then i did a, a practice match and I put on the singlet for the first time and I got whooped by this high school kid. Like I just <laughs> like the nerves, the adrenaline and everything. And I was like, and then I twisted my ankle. I couldn't walk on it. Uh, and that was Friday and I had to compete next Friday. 
So by Tuesday, I can finally put weight on my ankle. And I'm like, you know, I, I do a drill with John. And I looked at him and I was like, you know what? No matter what, I'm not pulling out. Like, even if I fly there, I'm just going to weigh in and like, I'll just go as long as I can. We'll just see what happens. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the game plan. It, it doesn't sound like there was like a ton of confidence on your part. Would you, was that safe to say? To be honest, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I was like, you know what? You have to know what kind of victories you need and you need to know what kind of challenges you need. So for me, if I wait till I feel really, really good to step on the mat, I might never step on the mat because I don't know what part of this is um, psychological. So I'm not going to put my faith in just physically feeling like, oh, I'm ready to dominate. I'm like, there is, this is the last opportunity for me to get um, a match. And if I don't wrestle at this wrestle off, then I don't really have a tournament from now till the trials. And I was like, I'm not willing to risk my Olympic trials on that. So I was like, I'd rather, you know, go in and, and lose and just, you know, whatever, it's going to light a fire in me or it's going to reveal to me the areas I need to work on. Like, I just thought I was going to get that out of it. Um, I was like, I just need to step on the mat again. So, but then literally by, by that Thursday and Friday, I was like, parts of the old me were coming back and I was like, no, I don't show up to lose. Like, I'm freaking, <laughs> you know, like at 70% shape, let's do this. So. How did, how did you physically feel, you know, or even mentally, right? And I guess maybe you just said you kind of made that adjustment the Thursday and Friday leading up. But yeah. um, did you show up and feel physically and mentally like you're ready to go? Or did you not feel your best, but you, you still were able to go out and win? Um, I mean, maybe a little bit of both. Like, it's kind of scary because uh, I was like, I don't, I don't. I don't know if I ever go back to the way I was wrestling because I, I don't know, um, you know, you just don't know until you do it. And so there's this part of me that was like, if I lose this, I feel like psychologically it might just make me kind of start to spiral and feel like, man, am I, you know, can I never come back and washed up? Am I past my prime? But then you also just recognize like those are just doubts and you just, you don't want to feed those. So I'm like, well, there's this other part that here's this moment where you can just show up and, you know, just prove to yourself that that yeah no I'm still Helen um even when I was warming up I mean I also planned I trained for a long time to make sure that I would look I would not look gassed in my warm-up like psychologically that was my preparation as well like wow. I don't want anyone to know that it's hard for me to like get through the warm-up <laughs> so you know so I'm like because you 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 prepare and it's like warming up at practice is not the same as like when you just made weight for the first time in two years and there's nerves and adrenaline and but I think also one thing it taught me is I've been wrestling since I was seven so I have so many years under my belt of being nervous and anxious and um, I finally worked out of that as an elite athlete but you know, it was like it's been so long off the mat that it happened again and I just had to remember like it's okay you've won matches before not sleeping the night before a tournament or being so nervous in the warm-up that you feel like you like zapped your your guessing so you just deal with it man so helen not only was your first match back um you know under circumstances where you didn't have as much time probably to get ready as you wanted but also your first match back is against world silver medalist ali reagan i mean talk about having an opponent like that right off the bat that's not ideal but you know how, how'd you mentally prepare for that yeah to mentally prepare for that i just had to I mean, really, I had to let go of my ego um, because, you know, you're going up against the number one girl at 59 kilos and the number one girl at 57, and you have no idea where you're at. So I watched all their ranking tournaments in Rome, and I was like, oh, they look really good. Like, I'm just trying to 
get back into shit like what is this gonna look like and um so I think mentally I also felt like the one thing that I knew was that by the time March comes around I'm like I believe that I'll be the best representative to qualify the weight and I was like I want the weight qualified I want to make the team like by April I know I'll be ready by August I know I'll be ready February this is not um ideal for me but I'm just gonna have to to push through and believe and so you watch that match I mean it was a two to two match and, and her style and her game plan was, um, you know, was just to kind of like brawl and, and I don't know if she was trying to hurt me or what, I, I don't really know, but it was just like that to me was such a big, uh, victory because I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm composed I'm in this. I'm committed to this goal. So that gave me a really big boost of confidence to just have wrestled on that day in that type of shape and to have, um, come up victorious. Is there any part of you that like, like you, you accepted that you were gonna have to retire and stop wrestling, right? Is there like any, um, man? Don't you know? Yeah. You know what I'm trying to ask here? Like, uh, don't <laughs> take anything it. for granted, right? Like, holy cow! I got. I thought I was done, but I'm back. Yeah. Perspective, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Total. Total. Huge per- perspective shift. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I lived in Colorado while I was um, trying to heal from the injury for six months. So you could start to see like, all right, it's Olympic year. You start seeing like everyone's nerves and anxieties and just kind of the tension just kind of change. And um, for me dealing with retirement, uh, I I totally made peace with it. Like I was like, I have to retire. It's it's not an option. My health is not worth this. And um, I remember I, I called my mom and I was just, I was, you know, I was like, it's the right thing to do. I feel good about it. I'm actually excited to move on with like and she goes yeah I, I agree but you know do I think I've won a gold medal yes and I just started crying then because I was like oh, I just I don't you know I don't want to retire with stuff still left to do or you know not past my prime um, and she just kind of reminded me that most athletes don't you know a lot of athletes don't get everything they wanted in their career they don't get to retire on the terms they want and so it's not a perfect situation for anybody but it really because I retired and I walked away and I really surrendered it to God and, and I felt like he brought me back into it and he put the coaches and the doctors and the right people in my life. It, I have so much peace about like, I'm not trying to push through this. I'm not trying to hold on to some silly dream. Like, no, I, I walked away and I got brought back. So I know I'm supposed to be here and that gives me a lot of peace. Um, I think the announcement just happened this morning, right? They're officially postponing the Olympics um what are your you know is that sweet i have more time to recover or do you do you have a a feeling or man i wish i wish it was this summer um all things considered yeah you know because with that question there's there's so many uh different ways that you can look at it so overall looking at just decision it was the right decision for for the world for the world's health for for people's health for the athlete's health for for everything um looking at it from just myself, it's like, as I was starting to think about it, like, oh, you know what, I think 1000%, I would have been um, ready in April, ready in August, like, I, I just, I felt it off, like, oh, we're, we're good. Um, but then, you know, now that it changed, it's like, if there's anything that this whole last two years period taught me, it's like, anything can happen. And if I did it once, I can do it again, like, just in such a short amount of time, I was able to, to change and be ready. And so for me i've always just been like a name the date and the place and the time and i'll show up so um like all right 2021 let's let's do it why 
you know, why would I waste time thinking any other thought other than one that's going to um, just kind of benefit me? So I'm going to tell myself that this is the, the best thing for my training as well, which I, I think it is also going to be a big benefit to have more time. You guys obviously been dealing with some issues, some health issues over the last couple of years, and it's kind of, well, I don't know all the details. We kind of have a broad idea, uh, mm-hmm. um, head injuries, and, and probably that turned into some injuries yeah. that just playing tricks on mind, playing tricks on itself, whatnot. Um, was there a rock bottom? Was there a time when you were struggling or hurting the most, if you cared, you know, whether or not to talk about that? Yeah. Um, man, I, <laughs> there were like two or three rock bottoms because <laughs> <laughs> there was so it wasn't just I mean it wasn't even just physically what was happening in my life it wasn't just in sport I mean my personal life everything everything hit a rock bottom um for me so I think in August uh when that last injury happened I just felt like I'm not doing anything right in my life like I I don't like I don't know how I won this huge tournament three years ago because I feel like I can't succeed at anything right now. Like I can't even keep myself safe, happy, healthy. Like I, it just was such a rock bottom. And uh, I think everything that I had and, and loved got stripped away for a period of time. And I was just kind of, I mean, I was stuck in Colorado. I couldn't even travel anywhere. So um, I think God really used that time to just refine some things in me and to change my perspective and to just heal me. And I, and I learned from that process that, um, you know, I don't think I could have focused on healing and performance at the same time. And so I'm thankful that it all happened because I really got to deal with something that I just wasn't dealing with. And, uh, God really just healed me of that. So, and, and how were you able to, um, come out of that, that rock bottom or that, yeah, you know, funk? Was it, was it just time that healed? Was it talking with family or friends or mentors or coaches or a combination? Um, it was, uh, I, I would say every little thing mattered. I mean, they told me to get, um, uh, what is it? They, uh, the doctors told me to get um, a support animal. And I was like, all right, you know, guys, guys tell me, oh, here he is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see him. <laughs> okay. He, uh, yeah, sure. Oh, this is there he is. <laughs> so he's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he was being punished. He ran away. So okay. Okay. Well, I don't mean to take him out of punishment. You got to do what you got to do. Um, Discipline. No, but, uh, um, I, I think a big thing too, being stuck in Colorado was, um, the, the church and the church community that I had out there. And, um, they just took me in because I got the dog. I, I didn't live on the OT, uh, on campus at the OTC. And so I just lived with this older couple from church and man, it was just like being at, grandma and grandpa's house and just you know i don't know i i you know i I, and this is kind of funny because i think as athletes we don't talk about this but i almost got i had to just completely check out any any competitive spirit i had in me any you know relentless push through like i turned all that off and i just needed to kind of just be broken and then just be healed and just be Helen and um, you know my family and, and all the doctors that I worked with there everyone help was helping me so it, it all it all mattered and, and I really believe God um, I mean Jesus 1000% real so I've I've lived that and uh, it's just been a really beautiful journey awesome. so Helen you know you, you came back for the 
for the wrestle off to make the Pan Am Olympic qualifier spot. And then had the opportunity to wrestle right before the whole world went into quarantine and, and had a really good tournament. I mean, it looked like you had made a lot of improvement from that first time when you wrestled at the, at the wrestle off to the, the qualifier. Did you feel like you had made a lot of progress as well? Yeah, huge. That was such a night and day difference, the wrestle off to the um, qualifier. And even all the little things like um, with the wrestle off and like not being able to sleep the night before and just having nerves and the warm up. I mean, now I've I felt like I totally just got back to my old self. Like I felt like I was never off the mat for the last two years. Wow. You had a match against a, a world champ. Um, talk about that match. Did that did that was there any extra pressure uh, wrestling a, a top competitor or, or just kind of another match? Um, no, no. I mean, I, I love, I love, I like, I love it when it's a tough opponent, when it's like someone you're not expected to be like, I thrive with that. And so I went to wrestle her. I, I literally went to go wrestle this girl because I'd watched the ranking tournament in Rome and I knew how she had done against some of our American competitors. And I'm like, if we meet, if anyone meets up with her on, on this side of the bracket before the finals, like that's it, there's the qualified spot. So I was like, I want to go do this. So to have her first match, I was like, sweet, let's do this. Like this is to know how I do against foreign opponents and you want them to be tough. You want to get those tough matches in before the Olympics so that you know where you're at and what needs to, to change and uh, be adjusted. How much, you know, you, you mentioned watching film and watching um, Italy and some things. Do you watch a lot of film or is it is it particular for a, a, a purpose when you do? I don't watch a lot of film. Um, I, I don't think I'm great at watching film. I, when I watch film, I'm just like, wow, everyone looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad always tells me, he's like, he's like, Helen, people look really good until they get to you. And so it was cool to be at home because, I mean, when I watched film, I was like, Dad, I don't know if I should go do this or I don't know if I'll be ready. And it was nice to just have my dad encouraging me. And, you know, it's so great. Your parents are like your number one supporters. But I think I, I had to watch it because it's just been so long since I had um, had a feel on any of these girls. So it just felt like the smart thing to do. And then John's really good at it. And so he helped me with um, game planning and, you know, just being aware of who's going to be there. This is John, John Morrison from Oklahoma State. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One thirty-three. He's an all-American. Yep. Couple yep. times, maybe. Mm-hmm. Solid guy. What's he doing yep. up in the area? Is he from there? Or is he doing something else? Mm-hmm. No. So he he's out here. He's coaching the kids' club. He's doing his masters. Um. So he, I guess, the Capital Wrestling Club. They just um brought him out. They're building wrestling up in Maryland and youth wrestling. And so that's been cool too because, um, uh, you know, we've, we've talked, we're going to start a girls program in the spring. Well, now it's probably going to be pushed back, but I got to start uh, coaching and that's been really fun for me. So what do you like yeah. most about coaching? Oh my, um, I, oh, shit, no, come on, here, I can shoot myself. <laughs> I love, I, what I love most about coaching, I think it's just as fun as wrestling where you're trying to figure someone out and in wrestling, then you're trying to figure them out and beat them in coaching. You're trying to figure them out and figure out what they need to hear, the way that you need to present the move for them to understand it. And then I also really just, uh, I think because I've, you know, gone through all the levels of like kids and junior league and, and junior worlds and then senior worlds, um, it's just really cool to come back to the beginning and just start to get to um just 
applied coaching philosophy and psychology at a young age, you know. Uh, so, is there anything about coaching that is either more challenging than you thought, or surprise anything that surprises you? Um, I would say one of the mistakes I've made. <laughs> okay. Was I was demonstrating like my best move. And someone's like, no, like you could defend it. If, well, what if the person does this? And I was like, oh no, you, you, they can't. Like I could, you just do this. And then this coach was like, no, seriously, like. And so I go, I'm like, look, I'll show you. And I've on like Kanchingis really on like all the top, you know, guys in the world. I've always been able to um to to get this on them. And this guy just like pulled out of it. And then in front of all the kids, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I won't stop until I figure a move out. So in all the in front of all the kids, I'm like, no, let me try again. Let me try again. I'm like, wait, let me try one more time. And then, and then I was like, oh, I might have just lost all respect. I swear this works. <laughs> so, yeah. And so then, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, it's because your shoulder's so bony. That's why it's hard to hold on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just totally messing with the guy. But um, but then I, I turned to the kids and I was like, oh, you know what? Um, I'm like, oh, I totally forgot because I was so focused on this move that one of the great things is you have to know when to abandon something and take the next thing that's there like yeah, yeah. so it was a good learning moment for me and i'm also like all right yeah uh that's been that's been eye-opening and then it's just so funny when you when you're teaching things and you're like don't finish around the waist and then if you ever finish around the waist <laughs> you know so it's like it makes you really accountable and really aware of the of things that you're teaching and saying so i like that do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it, we obviously know um, women's wrestling at the NCAA level is an emerging sport. It's just a matter of time before I think it probably becomes uh, a, a NCAA sport. Long term, because you will retire at some point, um, is mm -hmm. it, it's, it's getting involved in NCAA wrestling as a coach or and any capacity interest you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, uh, I want to know what it's like to, um, coach a team and, and to, to do that and to win team championships. I mean, that that's actually, I was really looking forward to that. Um, this coming August, not from a coaching standpoint, but just from a team standpoint, I'm like, man, we have such a great team. And it, and I realized like, wow, we've never, as long as I've been an athlete, like I've never gotten to win a team title. And I'm like, Oh, that's what I have left to do in my career. Like I really want to do this. So, um, looking ahead to coaching, I think that'd be really exciting too. Um, any aspects, I guess we kind of went over this, but you know, have you thought about what it's like to coach a college team where it's like these, these college coaches are like, they're not, and we, you know, we're talking to, to Damien Hahn at the beginning of the show and he's like, I don't really get to get on the mat and, you know, work with the wrestlers as closely because you have, you're like a, a manager, a CEO. Um, yeah. would you want that role where it's like, you know, you're playing, you know, marketing the program, fundraising, recruiting, everything else, and a little bit of coaching, or do you like prefer maybe be in the in the room coaching, coaching? Um, that's a really good question because I was very blessed to um, get to train at Oklahoma State, and so to just train under John and and learn from that program and to see how much um, they're doing coaching wise and whatnot. And John's in the room all the time, so yeah. you know that's been my. Um, was really was really awesome and I think obviously John's incredibly uh, gifted at it and I think the other thing too that I'm learning is um, I don't want to say not to bite off more than you can chew but just to be aware that there is going to be and you know a great wrestler doesn't automatically make a great coach and so sure. the way that I study the sport I'm starting to study coaching 
No. And there's so much more that, that goes into it about, you know, you be able to know all your athletes and know them differently and know what their needs are to know the program, to know peaking processes, training programs, how to deal you know, with all these other variables. So I'm excited to learn about that. And um, I don't know if I would jump in straight into head coaching or, uh, you know, my, my mentor told me that, that just start to learn the process now uh, so that you can just kind of continue to grow. So we'll see. Helen, Helen whether it's uh, related to coaching or, or competing, what were some of the big takeaways that you had from the time you spent at, in Stillwater at Oklahoma State? And, um, well, I, I wasn't coaching. Oh, from coaching our competing, got it. Um, in Stillwater, I think it was really cool to just see how a college program works. And um, because I uh, am, you know, out of college and in my late 20s, I think and, you know, I got to just spend a lot more time with the coaches. I just got to ask them about it and uh, what were the challenging things, what was it like. So my personal experience, I loved the, um, the technique aspect and the one-on-one -on -one time I got with each of the coaches. And then the thing that I'm most fascinated about with, especially with John, is like you produce not only great wrestlers, but you produce amazing coaches. Like how many people have come from Oklahoma State and they know how to coach. They're great coaches. They get hired at places and they stay there. So um, so even, you know, even John and I here have talked about it because I said, hey, what was your experience like? How did he help you? And he goes, you just learned so much being around, you know, John day in and day out. And so you get his coaching philosophy and style. And clearly it's it works because there's so many Oklahoma State coaches everywhere. Absolutely. Well, Helen, I think we're just about running out of time. Uh, we'll give you the last word if there's anything you want to say to us or, or your fans or anybody. Oh, just everybody stay safe, stay inside, but still get your workouts in if you need. So <laughs> I don't know. Just hope everyone's staying safe. All right. Well, Helen, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you in the future. And we'll chat with you again soon. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Helen. Thanks, Likewise. Helen. Good one. All right. Four for four. Much better than yesterday. I think we were like, did we get through not even two full interviews? So, yeah. good. Thanks to our man Jack in the back, Tyler, Caleb, these other producers making this show happen. And I don't know that it's official, but I, I, I'm going to believe we may be doing this from home tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, man, really, I mean, I, yeah, people behind the scenes don't have any idea how, how much work these producers are doing to make this happen, get off the ground. Um, stressful. Really I mean, crazy. <laughs> dude, I was stressed. Yeah. So they, I mean, so, you know, we don't know how it's going to, how we're going to figure it out from uh, remote, but we will, and we know these guys will. And so, um, you know, we'll probably be calling in from home tomorrow is my guess. Yep. So I just want to, we got about 40 seconds, I think. What time is this next thing supposed to play? Um. Yeah. Pretty shortly here. As soon as this ends, this will be Flow Wrestling twenty four seven. It is Flow Wrestling twenty four seven. We got Flow Films for you coming this afternoon. Thomas Gilman, Love Me or Hate Me, followed by the program. Edinburgh, followed by Injustice. Carrie McCoy, Minnesota Keepers of the Flame, All Access Russia, Summer Time in Krasnyas, followed by All Access Uregan, Winter Time. Uh, Daniel Cormier, the champion. Imar. To Helen Back, the comeback, the program Iowa, my best rival, and then we got Midlands and Scuffle Finals, and then it's it's that's the middle of the night. We come back and some more wrestling, and then we'll do this right again tomorrow. So keep it tuned to Flow Wrestling twenty four seven. Um, give it one more final squirt here. Yeah, let's let's clean our let's wash our hands of this. Wash your hands. Wash right. our hands. 
Yeah, for David Bray, this is Mark Bader. We're going to do it. Thanks so much for tuning in. We had a great slew of guests, and uh, we're going to continue to do this every weekday as long as we can. So we'll see you next. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Stay safe and goodbye. See ya.